Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we give coaches and consultants practical ideas for taking you to the next level in your business and in your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who've walked in your shoes and offer real-world experience that you can apply to your own journey. Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I am delighted to have with me as my guest today, Denise Griffiths. Denise, welcome to my show. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here with you. You know, we're friends, we're colleagues. You've been on my podcast. We refer people back and forth. This is a really delightful thing for me. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. And my listeners are going to learn so much. And let me give your formal introduction and they'll understand why I'm so excited about having you on today. Denise Griffiths is a professional web developer and expert online marketer. She's the founder of Your Office on the Web, a digital marketing agency. And as she's mentioned, she's also the host of a podcast called Your Partner in Success Radio. And I've been on her show now three times, and she is such a fabulous host. It's just always a pleasure to get to talk with her and send folks to her because I know they'll have such a great experience. Now, here's what's fun. Denise describes herself as a happy nerd in stilettos who works from her beautifully appointed home office with the enthusiastic assistance of her feline office assistants, and there's even a Facebook group for them, along with her canine office assistants. So Denise is never lonely. (laughs) I love that. Denise went back to college She earned her computer science degree and proceeded to build a business under her own terms. I can so relate to that, Denise. And in her case, she means that she will never have to work in someone else's office. And she loves what she does. She will tell you that she believes WordPress is a miracle and she dreams in code. Now, Denise, most of my guests or excuse me, most of my listeners are not like you. They don't dream in code. I don't know that they think WordPress is a miracle because many of them are business owners who don't have the area of expertise that you do. And that's one reason I'm so um, thrilled to have you share your expertise uh, with us today. And one of the things that I know you've said is, Getting your expertise online is not nearly as difficult as you think it is. But for some of the folks who listen to this program, I know them and I know they do struggle with this whole idea of getting online. So for those who see this more of a challenge, explain why you feel it's true. Listen, I see, I hear that all the time. And I have to tell you, one of the things I have found as a web developer is that you really need to be equal parts high-tech developer and passionate about it. You need to be a marketer, a consultant, and sometimes a psychologist. Really. I mean, you don't. The last thing you as 
you know, a client or a business owner, the last thing you want or need is somebody building you what I term a beautiful boat anchor, but it doesn't do anything. It doesn't move your business forward. They haven't talked to you about your branding, about your social media, about who is your audience. Meredith, I can't tell you how many times, and this is more often than not, I'll have a, a talk, you know, my initial consultation with a, a new client or potential new client, and they're giving me this whole list. It's like an Excel spreadsheet. This is what I want, blah, 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 blah. By the time we're through, and I've asked some really deep kind of questions, we find out that they don't want any of that at all. Yeah, they want the the techie part of it. They want it to work, but they really have to figure out that they don't know who their audience is. It isn't everybody. I'm going to tell you that right now. The first thing you say to your web developer, oh, it's for everybody. They're going to laugh at you because it's not. So you need to work with somebody, whether it's a branding expert, a web developer, a coach, a mentor, or all of the above. You need to find out who is your audience? What do you really bring to the table? How can you solve their pain points? What are you bringing to them that can genuinely be of benefit to them? And it's not a matter of, oh, I need to sell 10,000 widgets or I'm going to lose my house. I've heard that too. It really is who you are and what you bring to the table. And once you figure that out, and you'd be amazed and a little bit chagrined to find out that a lot of people simply don't know that. They've been wandering around and saying, oh, you know, so-and-so did a great job on their website. I want one just like that. No, you don't. You want one that's perfect for you. So find somebody who is a developer, a marketer, a consultant, and a psychologist or a combination of those people and work with them. Does that make sense? Well, it does. And what's funny, of course, is I know that you really fit all of those. But I would, so I would like you to explain, since you've worn those hats, why are each of those important for somebody to consider? Because you're bringing up such an important point, and that is you don't want someone that can just create a gorgeous website because that's only a, a small piece of the puzzle. Explain why each of those components is so important. As, and I'm happy to. As a web developer, you're going to be a little bit startled when I tell you that your website is probably not the most important piece of your online real estate. It's like I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm saying really bad things here, but the truth is the website is something that you want people to go to. You want to get them over there to read your articles, your blogs, to purchase from you, to set up a consultation. But if you have not done the work that, to make sure that your brand is consistent, that people know who you are and what you do and what you have to offer, you don't have social media structures in place, you're not consistent about your social media, that website, as gorgeous as it can be, will just languish and it'll drive you crazy because you probably paid a good bit of money for it, but it's not doing anything. So you have to have a lot of different moving parts in play and you need to keep them going. And so let's talk a little bit about um, some clients. Um, just think of one for a minute that you have helped think of like before, during and after what was it they were doing and struggling with and weren't getting the results they wanted. What was it you did for them? And then what happened afterwards that made a difference? 
Oh, gosh, I've got so many. I have one that's, she's been a client for a couple of years, and she is in the insurance industry. She does a lot of succession planning. She's in the agribusiness industry, but her website, and she had no marketing, and I mean no marketing at all. It was all word of mouth in her town, and her website was one of those, um, I don't even know what you want to call them. They're just let's say because you know she's an insurance person, let's say State Forum put together this replicatable website. Everybody and their grandmother has one. They're junk. You pay a lot of money for them. They're junk. They don't even go to the trouble of that. So what we did, and she, she was actually who I was thinking of when I said, you know, it, you don't have to be constantly overwhelmed, that it is much, much easier to you know get your expertise out there because once we had that first initial conversation and then another one where we basically broke down what she really needed but didn't know she could get she said Denise I had no idea it was this easy I was so overwhelmed mm. and that's why she stayed stuck where she was with that really cruddy do nothing website that she was paying a lot of money for every month, year after year. And she said, I just didn't know. I just knew I had to do this, 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 and this. She said, and I, I would just go, Ugh! you know, and she would grab her stomach and put it aside. A lot of people do that. So overwhelm is one of the biggest problems. So with this particular client, once we figured out that she needed to get heard in not just her little town, but the other towns next to her where she also has a presence, we, we started a completely well-balanced social media marketing campaign. We, got, we made sure that all of this is on her website so people can find her different locations. We work on Google with her. So if you look her up in Google, her company in Google, you're going to find where we put up, you know, different pages, different information. Not too long ago, it was fire safety. We put that out there. We make sure that when people go to Google instead of her website, that they're finding information about her. They're not just finding the address. Mm -hmm. So we created Pinterest, which she's done phenomenally well. It's actually surprised both of us. She said, I had no idea. But Pinterest, if you don't know this already, is one of the biggest search engines out there. It's not, you wouldn't think it's a search engine, but it's massive. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for recipes, if you're looking for shoes, it right now, if you're looking for Thanksgiving tablescapes, you go to Pinterest. So we got her on Pinterest. We got her on Instagram, Google, LinkedIn. We built a Facebook business page and she is rocking and rolling and she loves it because she was so frightened because she would look around and go, oh, I need this and I need that. And I, a lot of what you think you need, y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't need it. You need to be strategic about how you are approaching your business and how you're presenting your business. You don't need to be everywhere, but where you are, you need to be very consistent and you need to keep your audience, meaning your clients, your consumers, you need to keep them very much in your sights and very much in mind when you're posting anything. That's a great example because I do think that overwhelm is a key element. And you know, that happens to us, Denise, when we're facing an area that we don't have expertise in. And so we conjure up all these <laughs> imaginings of things we must do or shouldn't do. And, and we don't really know 
what they are. And so I'm curious with this particular client and some of the other clients you've worked with, um, talk about some of the fundamentals of successful marketing that you help them employ so that they're able to, I'm assuming, have people contacting them to learn more about their business. Is that right? Well, that would be the hope. I mean, you want mm -hmm. to drive people to you so they can, yet there's so many ways people can reach you. Do you have an online contact form? Do you have a toll-free number? Are you offering free consultations? I mean, you have to have all these things in play, whatever they are whatever works for you, but I'd like to go back a step and let's talk about branding because if you have not considered that your brand is considered the lifeblood of your business and you're scattershotting all over the place, you're going to quickly confuse your target audience and they're going to go somewhere else quickly. You may not even know they came by. You have to be very, very consistent in your messaging and who you are. And that's one of the biggest things I find that people just, they don't really take the time. They're like, okay, I've got this. I've got, look, you know that I have a computer science degree. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's not important to them. Can I build them a website that works? Yes, I can. That's what's important to them. So if you, and I would suggest anybody and everybody work with a branding expert you know, once you've got your branding sorted out and you know exactly because a branding expert will go with you and say, who is your audience? Again, it's not everyone. Who is your audience? What is your message? How can you help them? Once you've got that sorted out, then and only then should you go and say, okay, now I need a website. I need marketing. I need social media. Marketing and social media are two different things, by the way. So once you've got your, your branding sorted out, you've got peace of mind for yourself because you're no longer scattershotting. Oh, and by the way, and I would suggest that this is one of the very first things that people should do, and this is part of the branding process, is do a very deep dive on yourselves online. So as we grow and evolve our business interests and offerings, it's amazing and sometimes embarrassing to see what's still out there and what's been, you know, mm -hmm. really needs to be removed. Seriously, mm -hmm. I'm still working on mine. I'm still fine. Well, let me give you, a, you know, an example. One of the best ways to do this, by the way, is to set up Google alerts on your name, your interests, your former business offerings, and even some of your competitors. So as a for instance, I discovered that there was and probably still is a lot of information about when I was well known in the virtual, virtual assistance industry. I actually have always been a web developer. It is my passion. I do dream in code. It's embarrassing. But I stopped when I was offering virtual assistance as kind of an add-on service and I got busy. I was at the top of my game. I, you know, I was at the top of the, the fee structure, but I stopped doing it a number of years ago. I still get inquiries. So mm -hmm. apparently I did not do a good enough job about cleaning that out and mm. placing it with what I do, which is consulting for marketing services. Mm -hmm. Do you see where I'm going with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> And I think this is such a, a, you know, a golden nugget for people to take away from here to look at uh, Google on your own name or your company name to see what kind of searches you're coming up in. Because, Denise, this goes back to what you were saying about branding. You know, what message are you sending about yourself or what message is still out there? 
about who you are and what you do and who you serve to be um, cleaning up so that it really is focused on today what you want your message to be. Oh, exactly. And once you start doing that deep dive on yourself, and by the way, if you've had other names, you've been divorced, you've got a new name, whatever it is that you think people might be looking for, put it in Google Alerts. It's free. You're going to get those alerts every day. Keep track of them. You know, deal with the ones that need to be dealt with right away. And all of a sudden, you now have a list of things to send to your brand expert and say, okay, this is what I used to do. Can we work this into what I'm doing now and why I'm doing it and how it evolved? So there's a lot of different things that you can do that cost you nothing but are really important that you start doing them. And you should always have Google Alerts on your own name anyway mm-hmm. for so many reasons. That's a great tip. And um, I know you said earlier, I want to circle back to this point you were making that marketing and social media are not the same thing. Um, And of course, I know that's true. But I'd like you to explain the difference for people so that all my listeners are clear on what they need to be thinking about with each of those terms. Social media is exactly that. It's social media. Now, you should have your brand in mind. You know, when you're working in social media, I mean, you want to have people know who you are, what you do, how you can help them. But you do not want to, you know, hit them over the head every day with a bat and say, oh, you know, hire me, hire me, I'm an expert and whatever you're an expert at, you'll drive them crazy very quickly. So social media marketing to me is where you get people, and this is important, write this down, to have the time. Social media marketing is a long game. You have the time, you create the time to get them to help you in terms that they are going to know you, like you, and trust you. And if they don't know you, like you, or trust you, you're wasting your time and they're, they're going to go elsewhere. Again, you're going to lose them. Now, market, look, just, just as a for instance, and you know this and I'll share it with your audience, I am a highly committed introvert, which is why when I got my degree, the college said, oh, we've got, it all, you know, we've got a spot for you in this office in, in your town. I said, no, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, for a couple of reasons. One, you don't want me in your office. I don't play well with others. I run with scissors, and I'll say it again. If you want coffee, you get it your own damn self, and you have to say that in a southern accent. But <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> so I very quickly created my own business, and nobody taught me how to do it. I had to learn it on my own, which was interesting, and I'm glad it happened that way. But I also learned that your personal and your business personas need to be pretty much the same on social media. Now, on Facebook, for instance, you'll see, and this goes back to me being an introvert, there are no pictures of me on the internet, y'all. There are none. There never will be. That's just the way it is. And I've always maintained that. And it works. It works for me. And now, of course, you know, people think, oh, I wish I could take all that down. Well, you can't. It's once you get it out there, it's kind of forever. So be careful what you put out there. If you are on social media and you're pretending (laughs) because you don't know your brand and you don't know your value that you're, let's just say you're an empathetic coach. I mean, you are just the best there is in being a coach who understands you and gets you and can help you. 
but you're posting god awful stuff on your personal and on twitter people notice that mm-hmm. don't do it so you want them to know you like you and trust you and you know we go back to my cats that if you go to my facebook personal page you'll see that i talk a lot about my cats in my backyard because i do need and it's i do it for a reason I do need people to understand that I am a real person. I'm not, you know, pretending to drive a Maserati and be really, really wealthy. You're going to you see my cats. I mean, I've got some of the best feline assistants. Hashtag, one of my cats, his name is Hashtag. He's a hashtag. Hashtag Hamilton is an ass. He gets Christmas cards. People love him, and they love the stories because it does a couple of things, Meredith. It proves that I can write well. I can convey a story. Stories are so important. Stories are critical. And it gives people that kind of know, like, and trust. I also will slide in there, oh, you know, here's something that my client wrote about me. Thank you so much. And I tag that person. And listen, my clients and my podcast guests get a lot of love from me on social media, personal and business, part of the branding, but it's also part of a huge thank you for me for being part of my life. So mm-hmm. anytime you can, and I'm running a little little wide here, but anytime you can bring in other people by tagging them, if it's appropriate, by saying thank you, by sharing their information, do it. Because, I mean, you're bringing in a much wider audience because now you're part of their audience. Now, marketing is something a little bit different because that's where you're going to be creating courses or you're going to be, uh, you know, giving away free information like this, um, this document that I'm sending to you. It's 48 Tips on Visual Content Creation and Visual Marketing. It's free. I want y'all to have it because everything on there is important. So that's marketing. Marketing is something that you're doing that's probably going to have an, you want an end result. You want people to take action. You want Mm -hmm. them to, you know, open your email. You want them on your list. You want them to take your course. You want them to, you know, for instance, I'm building a podcasting course. I want people to go take that course. That's marketing, but it, it works together with social media marketing, but they are very different. You have to do kind of both at the same time. Mm-hmm. That so makes sense. Say, I know what I know what I'm saying, but I often wonder if other people can follow. Well, what I what I'm hearing is social media is like a subset of uh, it's a kind of marketing. It's it's it under the umbrella of marketing, but it's not the only thing you need to do to market your business. No, not even close. Mm-hmm. If yeah, and some people will just say, "Oh, well, you know, I I, I just do social media. That's terrific. How are your sales?" Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so ask yourself that. Well, you know, what you're bringing up here makes me think of another topic that's very related here. And that's about someone getting their mindset right in approaching this whole aspect of marketing and social media. Can you talk a little bit about that? Again, that goes back to branding. But if you don't have, if you don't know who you are and what you bring to the table, and I know I say that a lot, but it's so important, it's really not going to matter what kind of methods you use or products you promote. You have to keep 
whatever it is that you're doing focused on your prospects, you have to be true to yourself. So you always start with what they need, what they want, and you work your way back from what you know of your audience. Look, there are many, many ways to find out who your true to audience is. And I'm going to tell you from a lot of experience with my clients, with myself, they're almost never who you think they are. You would be shocked. Oh, talk more about that. That's very interesting. Well, it's easy for me. Look, I, I'm a web developer. I build w- websites in my head. I build them in my sleep. <laughs> back, back before we had, you know, plugins and all the nifty, cool things that we have now. I remember vividly, and this was a number of years ago. You know how, when you're first waking up, you have that kind of thought that you know it's, it's like it's a dream, but it's the one you remember when you first wake up. Well, in my dream, I was building a table and a table of course in in html or wordpress is you're building a table you're building a section where you put something in it right Mm -hmm. and i was padding this table with html with code and all of a sudden in my almost awake persona i realized that the table was way off the padding on one side was really wrong i was falling out of bed My subconscious was saying, wake up, you're about to roll over into the table. <laughs> wake up. <laughs> when I say I'm a nerd, I'm not kidding. It's embarrassing. Oh, and I have to tell you, you know how I got that, Nerd and Stilettos? Uh-uh. Again, podcasting. I was chatting with one of my podcast guests. His name is Steve Rohr. And we were just chatting, as you and I do, as I do in all of my, my episodes, and I was telling him, I said, really, I'm just a nerd in stilettos. It meant nothing to me. I love stilettos. My closet looks like Nordstrom's threw up in there. I'm an introvert. I hardly ever go anywhere, but I've got great shoes. <laughs> so there you <laughs> go. <laughs> and I wear them. <laughs> but he said, you're a, he, and he made me repeat it. He said, you're a what now? And I said, I'm just a nerd in stilettos. He said, oh, my God, Denise, why have you not branded that? When the publicist for the Academy Awards takes you to task, you pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Right? So that's how that happened. Oh, that that's such a great phrase, too. It just conjures up, really, an unforgettable image um, and ties back in with this whole thing of, of mindset. And something you said, you know, just thinking about how tempting it is you know, we're a software company, we've been consulting firm, a lot of my listeners, you know, work with the corporate arena as consultants or coaches or speakers. And they have trouble a lot of times narrowing their focus. Because the idea is, well, you know, every organization needs good leaders, for example, if they tend to focus on leadership, talk a little bit about the benefits of getting greater clarity and maybe even focusing on a specific niche rather than being broad. I think you just described it perfectly. Listen, I am having the same exact problem with myself. I'm one of those people I can do anything. Seriously, everything that I ask my team to do, and I have a terrific team, there is not one single thing that I ask them to do that I can't already do. But... I have had to teach myself to hire people who are better at one particular thing or one particular arena. I need to hire people who are better than I am. 
seriously. Mm-hmm. And that has made for a heck of a team. But you, I, actually, I'm going to toss this back to you because you asked me some time ago, Denise, what is it that you're doing? And I shrugged my shoulders and to myself, I said, hell, if I know, I'm doing everything. <laughs> so it, I, I'm actually going down that same rabbit hole with myself. What is it that I do best? What do I actually bring to my clients? And I'm having to winnow it. I mean, I am crossing things down. It, it's a mess because we're so attached to it. Mm-hmm. That's why you bring somebody else in to say, oh, terrific. But are you still doing that? Are you making money at it? Is it where your passion really is? Is it something, you know, you use the word subset. Is it something that we can add as a subset to something else that you're doing that is more important? Hire somebody to help you. I mean, I, if I've got a list of things that I can do, and it scares me to death because I shouldn't be doing half of that. Like, you know, I need my team to do that. So. Mm-hmm. Narrow it down and narrow it down, hand it over to somebody who says, yeah, I'm not sure I'm following on this particular, then narrow it down again. You know, just keep narrowing it down until you've got maybe three strong, strong skill sets that you want to bring to the market. And you don't need to put all of that out in a document or wherever it is that you're, people, once they consult with you, and once they figure out that you really are there to help you, you don't need to bring all of that stuff in. They're going to get it. Mm-hmm. It's, it really is one of those um, areas that's almost counterintuitive when somebody is, is um, say, launching their business and feeling like, well, I don't want to exclude anyone, you know, because there's somebody here that may, may really want to work with me. And yet... I'm sure you do this with your clients where, especially with their, their brand, you know, who is it that is their um, hungry crowd? How can they best feed those folks? Um, Because if we try to appeal to everybody, we really don't appeal to anyone and you can't do the kind of deep dive that you were talking about earlier in identifying what they really want and need. Because if you try to go too broad, you're going to be trying to address every potential problem in the world that you can't possibly help them solve. Well said. And you know what I found out very early on? I've never put a form on any of my websites, well, except for my podcast website, you know, if you want to be a guest. But one of the big mistakes I noticed in other web developers and marketers that they would say, oh, well, you know, here, go to my calendar. No. You know, or, you know, fill this form out and tell me what you want. No. The best thing you can do in my experience and in my opinion is actually get on the phone with people because that is where you're going to find out what they're really wanting. Again, you have to, you have to be a consultant. You have to be a psychologist. You have to ask the right questions. Probably what is in your list of things that you just know your clients need, they don't care about any of it. They just don't care. In fact, going back to my insurance client, one of the big things that we figured out during one of the first two or three conversations we had with her, and she's a lovely client, I love her, was that she, and she's the business owner, she's in charge of it. But one of the things that was really bugging her was that practically all of her employees who have been there for quite a while 
would knock on her door and ask her the same questions over and over and over again, drove her crazy. I said, well, there's a couple of things you can do. You know, one, you can just put everything in a binder, create a frequently asked question uh, booklet, put and we created this information and we put it in the back of her site. And when they come knock on her door and she pretty well knows what they're going to want, she'll just point to their keyboard and they have to go log in and get the answer themselves. <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. you know, these are things you're not going to possibly know until you have these consultations with your clients and find out what really is is stopping them, what's bugging them, how can they fix things in their own office so then they can be of greater service to their customers, their clients, their consumers. Mm -hmm. So I would strongly suggest that you always, always do your level best to have a consultation. Now listen, Meredith, I turn away more people than I actually accept. I may not be a good fit. It may be something that you know, you probably don't need me to do, but I can recommend you go somewhere else. But I want to have that conversation because that's where I find out what's really going on and how I can help you if I can help you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what you're getting at there is really important. It's this idea of not assuming we know what somebody needs before we actually, you know, exactly. have a chance to talk with them. And I think that that's uh, part of it is because I've worked with, you know, this particular group of service professionals, you know, for over 20 years. And so I know a lot of the things that hold them back. And one of them is asking, you know, this being hesitant about being too direct or too um, forward on things. But what I'm hearing you say is, you know, don't take that indirect pr- approach of, you know, asking for them to complete a form or set up an appointment, but to actually, you know, engage in a conversation as quickly as possible so you can determine if that's a, if the person and you are a good fit for each other. Once you've had that conversation, things kind of roll on their own. You're either going to have a really good client or you're going to say, you know, I see where you're going with this and I'll be happy to advise you on what I think you need, but here's what I would like you to do. I would like you, number one, to take a deep dive. Tell me what's going on. I always tell, and I'm getting out of my way a little bit here, but I always tell people, walk through your own door. Look at your existing website. Look at what you want your website to look like and walk through your own door. Are you seeing somebody welcoming you? Are you finding almost immediately a pain point that you go, oh, gosh, yeah, I need to talk with them? Or are you having to, you know, stroll through a whole bunch of, I call them brain blockers, content, you know, verbiage that nobody cares about? you really need to walk through your own door almost like you would, you know, walking into the dollar tree locally. When I go into my little dollar tree, I love that store. When I go through there, it doesn't matter how busy they are. Whoever's behind that checkout counter is going to say, hello, how are you today? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, okay. Thank I'm great. And then you go do your shopping. It was a good thing to happen. So walk through your own website. And if it sucks, <laughs> something about it mm-hmm. well that's really good advice because I have had so many people over the years that say you know I need to get to my website I just haven't made it a priority 
So there's the yeah. procrastination there due a lot of times to, you know, their own reluctance to take on that project and not really thinking about outsourcing to an expert like you. Now, before we wrap up, I must ask you, because you've, you've been such a successful podcast host over whatever number of years you've had your 13 podcast. 13, 13 years yep. oh my i was goodness. an early adapter you were and so you've learned so much there and i would love for you to talk for just a few minutes about what are the reasons why someone should either seek opportunities to be a guest on other podcasts or start their own podcast Oh, thanks, Meredith. I love my podcast. And I'll tell you why I did it, because it goes back to that I'm an introvert. You're never going to see pictures of me or me on YouTube. It's just not going to happen. My granny scared me to death when I was five years old. I'm not over it yet. And I'm fine with it. I really don't want pictures of me anywhere for privacy. But the thing is, I started doing this. Somebody invited me on their show, and I loved it. I went, huh. What a terrific way to get your voice heard. And this goes back again to what I'm stressing, know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. It gives people the opportunity to hear you, to figure out if you're authentic. Do you have information that, yeah, they kind of want to know more about it? Can you offer tips, advice, actionable information that people go, hmm. So being a guest is a great way, a great way to get your voice heard and to build a bigger audience because now you're not just working within your own probably fairly small, tight audience. Now you're being broadcast out to a much bigger audience and it just, it's, it's amazing. Like I said, I've been doing it for 13 years and now my podcast has gotten so big I have to boast a little bit but I used to broadcast live every Friday every Friday now I've gotten so many people asking to be on I'm, I'm doing it twice a week which is amazing and I get to meet people from all over the world all over the world I just got um, a note from somebody the other day that said I'm known in Croatia. Who knew? Apparently, I'm number 23. <laughs> 23 in podcasts. I was like, really? I had no idea. But I get to meet people. I get to meet people like you. I get to share your audience. I get to, you know, we've become friends. We've become colleagues of a sort. It's amazing what being a guest on a podcast can do for you. And it helps you. If you're just kind of starting out as you're listening to yourself and you're getting feedback, it helps you again with your branding. You know, what do people really want to hear from you? What are you offering? Mm -hmm. it's, all, it's all part of a, a journey, if you will. And if you feel up to creating your own podcast, oh, God, yes, do it. But for starting, I would say be a guest as often as you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's an excellent place to start. I know I was a guest, gosh, three or four years or more yeah, before yeah. I thought, gee, I think I'd like to do this myself. And I love having my podcast. And like you, I've met so many great people and have formed some wonderful friendships and just really um, allies with exactly. businesses. And it's uh, it's been wonderful. Denise, I know we could keep going on, um, but it it's time to wrap up and I want people to know, even though they can't find your picture, I know that they can find you on um, social media, on your website, because I know some of my listeners are going to want to know more about 
your services and so how can they connect with you Oh, Meredith, thank you for having me as a guest. I really enjoy talking with you, and I appreciate you making the offer. This has been fun, so thank you. Uh, as far as finding me on the Internet, it's hard to throw a stick on the Internet without hitting me, honestly. You can look for me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, and even Amazon Prime Music in the podcast section. Go to yourofficeontheweb.com. There's a contact form there. Or you can go to my podcast website which is your partner in success radio.com and i look forward to meeting a lot of you you know see me look for me on facebook and tell me that meredith sent you that would be great and i want to hear back from you about those that do contact you denise thank you so much i love the way you are helping so many businesses thrive especially in the current environment you just have such a wealth of knowledge about you really do have that rare combination <laughs> the nerd in stilettos is perfect for you because it just shows the the wide range of expertise that you have and that you bring to your clients and they benefit so much from working with you so thank you for being here with me and also sharing your wisdom with my guests today with oh, my okay. audience, I'm so sorry. With my audience today, thank I know you. I get confused. Guess who? Where? But listen, um, and thank you, Meredith. But if anybody that's listening would like to just have a quick chat with me, you are more than welcome. Just mail me at mail at yourofficeontheweb.com. Mail at yourofficeontheweb.com. And again, tell me you heard this on Meredith's pods. Meredith's podcast is going to be one of those days and I will do everything I can to help you out or answer any questions you've got. Great, Denise. Thank you for that offer. I know there'll be people taking you up on that. So um, look forward to talking with you again soon. Thanks again for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to GrowStrongLeaders.com to learn how our tools can increase your impact with clients and expand your business. And while you're there, grab our free ebook, The Five Secrets to Getting Better at Anything. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell. Make it a great day.